0: This weekend was match day 28. And uh, this weekend, Ligue 1 was a 4-3-3. Um, when you look at the games, uh, four wins away, three draw, and, uh, and and three and four wins at, and three wins at home, excuse me. Um, out of the top 10, four team won, three lost, and three drew. Um, it was also the, the 4-3-3 of Paris Saint-Germain, the 4-3-3 of Marseille and of Rennes, and more surprisingly, the 4-3-3 of Lorient that allowed them to see of their opponent. We saw Paris Saint-Germain bouncing back. We saw the rest of the top four taking flight. And we saw the race to get out of the bottom two stretching out. Let's look at the Tech Games of the weekend. So we're going to start with Paris Saint-Germain, who won 3-0 against the agonizing and the um, relegation-destined Bordeaux. Weird atmosphere at the Parc des Princes, very weird. Um, The fans are understandably... Just mad at their team, uh, you know. A lot of booze for Messi, for Neymar. Uh, even when he scores, you know, he's he's getting the jeers. Um, Wijnaldum gets get a bit of a jeers as well. Mbappe was basically the only player that was cheered, um, and you know, rightfully so, understandably so. Uh, there was a lot of lot of talking friends after that game. You know, how can you, how can you boo a guy like Messi? Uh, L'equipe, who is the the main newspaper in France decided to put out an, an editorial where they're saying that you can't be a real fan if you're going to Boo Messi, blah, blah, blah. I mean, L'Equipe is the newspaper who was basically bashing Jacquet for like six months before um, France won the World Cup in 98. So, uh, you know, um, it's, it's a cute story. The hospital and the, and the charity, um, you know, it, it, it's a bit of a love that L'Equipe they'll um, say something like this. I think the fans are in the right. I said it before. You know, I think, um, you know, they... And no one is bigger than the club that that that's what a big club is um you know it's not the first time messi gets the booze he got booed when he played for his own country uh he got booed when he played for barcelona and 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 when he wasn't playing right um it's not the first time all the other players have been booed and and i'm sure they actually all kind of understand why they're being booed i'm sure you know uh, they'll never say it but if you ask them um they'll tell you that you know they kind of know that effect up they know that um they were supposed to go through and and technically. They were on a favorite to to win the Champions League, and they shouldn't fail against a team like Real Madrid. And it kind of comes back to uh to what they did at the beginning of the season. You know, they could have finished first in their group and and prevent a team like Real Madrid being on their way. They didn't, and uh and now they made the task hard for themselves, and they, and they didn't go through. Um and anyway, back at the back at that weekend game, uh interesting actually the interview of uh, Kim Pembe after the game, who says that he understands why. Um, the the fans are booing, and he kind of look like he's put on the spot. And and you know he's from Paris, so of course he's going to say that he understands. You know, he kind of has to uh, keep the fans on his on his side. He's the um the kind of like the the French um token player of the of that team with Mbappe. Um, but uh, but yeah, he says he understands because because he knows that the fans are disappointed, which is the, at least what they are. Um, but I think it's uh you know I think a player like Messi knows that if you're being booed. It just—it's just about football. You just have to show them that you're a great player, and then they're going to stop booing you. I think Neymar is the same. You know, a couple of years ago, Neymar was like um, booed and jeered for like I don't know, um, two, three, four games in a row, and then he, uh, he had a couple of star performances, and then it stopped. Unfortunately for them, it's the end of the season. There's nothing left to play, and I don't think the PSG fans are going to stop um, complaining because now there's nothing else that Paris can do or win. To show them that they don't deserve to be booed unless you know they win every single game 5-0 they played the best football that they've ever played but again even if they do this um the fans are going to feel like this should have happened before um so yeah it's uh everybody had something to say about the booze and whistle clearly um so do i um but i do think that hopefully it's a sign of good things to come because if the fans have their voice back at paris um it can only make the club better so um you know, more power to the Ultras, um, especially in a club that's run uh, by so much money like this. Um, the game itself, sorry, um, Bordeaux had like one chance early, but after that, really, um, they were just no match for Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, every time Paris Saint-Germain accelerated, you know, as you'd expect, Bordeaux just couldn't do much. And then as, as soon as they started scoring, um Giornes then just basically sunk. Um, tough one for Bordeaux. Um, you know, they, in the last 10 games, they do face a few teams from the bottom and now that saint Germain is out of the way. Uh, I think they still play Nice, but they don't play Marseille. So they have a good last run to be able to get out of it. You just don't really know how they're gonna get out of it. Um, you know, they're not they're not playing really well. Um yeah, it's uh it's going to be a long road those last ten games for uh, for Bordeaux and uh it's not one of the teams that I guess you see able to um get out of that um conundrum that they put themselves in. Next game up, and, and probably the most spectacular of the weekend, was Lyon against Rennes. And Rennes, who won 4 2 against uh, Lyon at the Groupama Stadium. Uh, tough one for Lyon. Uh, you know, they, they're just out of a, uh, a spectacular game in, uh, in Porto, and then they come home and they try to celebrate with their fan And next thing you know, Rennes is able to, to win 4 2. when was winning 3 0 at halftime. Uh, the goal scorer, Bourdieu, at the 11th minute. Santa Maria at the 13th. Um, Lauro Magère at the, at the 46th. And then Terrier scored as soon as they came back in the second half of the 49th minute. Um, Lyon kind of tried to come back in the game. Amari Traoré with an on-goal at the 60th minute. And then Moussa Dembele on penalty at the 82nd. Uh, but just nothing went right for, for Lyon in that game early on. We saw that defensively, they just weren't there. They were probably a bit tired. Uh, In that second goal, they're a bit running out of luck because Santa Maria's um, shot is deflected. And then the third goal is like almost a five-minute joke where uh, Lopez first is unable to to stop a ball and almost scores an on goal And then um, a a, a ball goes to him and he passes the ball to to Castelo Luqueba. The pass isn't great. I don't know why Luqueba doesn't actually attack the ball instead of just letting Laborde uh, get to the ball first. But then Lovro Maggiare is by himself in front of Lopez and leaves him no chance. Um, you know, both try to change things at halftime. Malogusto comes in, um so de and and he kind of removes a defender because now you're down 3-0 anyway. Uh, but on the first opportunity, um, Ren scores with that missile uh, by by Martin Terrier, who, who doesn't celebrate, of course, because he is a former Lyon, um, former Lyon product. But uh, yeah, the stats, you know, nine shots for for Rennes, seven on target, eleven shots for Lyon, only two on target. Um, and and again, um, we said that after the the first game, but they won four one in Rennes, and now they won four two in in Groupama Stadium. They put eight goals past Lyon, and, and and you know Pep Genesio and sorry Bruno Genesio and Florian Morris, uh, all both of them, formerly of of Lyon, um, just really had it out for their former club. Uh, it's a it, it's a good it's a good result for Rennes, of course. Um, they also. Uh, getting much closer to the to the top three, um, they're now only a point um, away from both Nice and Marseille. Uh, but for Lyon, it's uh, yeah, it's a bit of a disaster. I think if they weren't still in that in that run for for the um, Europa League, I don't think both will uh, will still be here. And it's a uh, yeah, it's a bit sad. Um, as soon as uh, as soon as see that defense against a team that is going to test them, and again is that team that is going to test them. Um, you can see that that it's a bit too hard for them because at, at, in Porto, they could allow to defense all of them. Um, but now against Rennes, if you concede twice in the first uh, 15 minutes, you got to get out, you got to take risks, and then you expose your defense, and that's not a defense that does well when it's exposed, and we saw that. Um, so, yeah, questions asked, I think, of Bosch can What is he going to do against Porto at home? What is he going to do whenever he, he concedes the first goal? In the meantime, they're not where they're supposed to be on the on the table, and and if they don't win the Europa League, which is a big ask, um, there's a the chance that they're going to miss out of Europe altogether again next year, um, which is not where Lyon wants to be, um, ever. So so yeah, it's a complicated year at the uh, at the Grubama Stadium for for Lyon. Uh, great year for Rennes, who uh, you know lost Julien Stefan and uh, and it's just like nothing happened. They're still on their dynamic. They're still one of the best. Um, clubs in France, they play one of the best football. Uh, I encourage all of you to go and listen to um, the Scouted uh, podcast because the last one uh, was actually about Rennes, about the Rennes Academy. Uh, and there's some really, really good uh, chat about how um, Rennes set themselves up to be one of the best academies in Europe. Uh, so yeah, it's a Scouted football podcast. Please, please go and give it a listen. Um, it, was a, it was a good one um, this week. And, you know, when he talks about French football, it's always good, right? Uh, so, yeah, Lyon 2, Rennes 4. Uh, complicated for Ligon. Next up, Brest and Marseille and Marseille, you won 4-1 in Brest. We keep saying it. Marseille is better away than they are at home. Um, the goal scorer Gerson for Marseille at the third minute, then Milik at the 63rd, Harit at the 71st, and Under at the 92nd. Irvin Cardona had uh, and scored too little too late at the 95th minute, just before Under scored the fourth goal. The position was a bit 50-50, but 13 shots for Marseille, seven on target. Only eight shots for Brest, and, and two on target. I mean, it starts the the it starts horribly for Brest, right? You can see it after two minutes, uh, three minutes, sorry, and, and then what do you do against a team like Marseille who loves possession and who who's never as good as they are when uh, when the team in front of them is actually trying to attack. Um, I, I think I don't think Brest is that bad of a team, and I think actually Brest kind of gave Marseille. Run for their money again. We saw that that striker Satriano, who's on loan from from Milan, who's uh, from Inter, who's doing a world of good to uh, to Brest. I think in that second half of the season, Um unfortunately, um Saliba was in in great form, and even next to Balergi, where he doesn't have you know the his usual I guess his usual habits because it's not Chaita Cha um, He still shows how how much of an impressive defender he is. There's, Tackle from behind in the in the middle of the box where he gets straight the ball. Um, you know, I think William Saliba is obviously one of the satisfactions of Marseille this season. Um, Lopez was okay, but he wasn't really um, asked to do much either. And then in the middle, um, Gendouzi, Camara, and Gay uh, were actually really good at slowing down the game instead of um, accelerating it, and instead of giving Brest the ball back straight away, they were really good at actually holding it, um, which which is something that they're going to need to do when they play those games. Um Amin Harit was a good surprise. Um, you know, it's it's his second game, I think, or third game starting. Uh, he's played basically um only 500 minutes this season. Um uh, but without Payet, who, who's got a bit of an injury, there was a lot on his shoulders and, and he did really well. Um an assist a goal. Uh Milik an assist a goal as well. Milik could have scored a couple more, uh, but it took him a bit of time to be able to uh, to adjust his aim. Um, and in the end it's a 4-1 win for Marseille it's uh, it's a way for them to take the, the second spot back um, thanks to a better um, goal difference um, over Nice um, but, but it's you know well, actually they have the exact same goal difference right 17 yeah they, they both have the same goal difference uh, but more goals scored for for Marseille uh, but it's also maybe a good a good way to start off, like um, to kind of like start a new dynamic with only 10 games left uh, you know we knew the fans weren't very happy about uh, Marseille has played the last uh, few games and, and they asked to meet Longoria and they did meet Longoria and then Longoria, um the president of Marseille, um kind of like told Saint Paoli what the the fans were saying and, and hopefully you know hopefully it is now a healthy club and and things are going the right way when when these kind of discussions are happening. Um we'll see we'll see if that's true or not. Um but but a good result for Marseille in Brest and again um they're having a, a very important week right now. They're playing against Basel, their future in Europa League and uh, in Conference League, sorry. And then at the end of the week, sorry, they're um hosting Nice. So a uh, crucial game for Marseille. Marseille against Nice, that's uh, definitely the game of the week and next week. Next up, the, the other team who's uh, who's knocking at the door of Champions League, Strasbourg. Strasbourg who won against Monaco 1-0. What what a terrible week for Monaco losing in Braga. And then losing uh, in Strasbourg, and and the reason why they lost is because they just they just can't catch the target. Um, zero shot on target for Monaco. Um, five shots, fifty percent possession, fifty-five percent possession. But but obviously they don't make um, the most of it. A pretty poor pass accuracy when when you consider uh, who Monaco are and are pretty pretty good in possession. Usually, uh, you know you got players like Delson Martin, Jean Lucas, Sofian Job they are good football players um but they just couldn't couldn't do it this time strasbourg just you know we know how good they are offensively and a lot of teams go there to defend to to try and and sort of like slow down this team uh and, and monaco kind of tried to do that to a degree uh but unfortunately for them on a, on the a corner um alexander jiku probably um scored the the goal of his career uh, a bicycle an overhead kick um at the end of a corner and and then after that, um Strasbourg still were the more dangerous and had the most opportunities. Uh but I think Monaco just um I don't know if they were tired from the weekend or from the week, sorry. Um but they just they just couldn't find a solution. And and Strasbourg is also solid defensively. You know Julien Stefan likes to make sure that his teams are um pretty strong. Uh, and, and he did that well against the the club of the principal D. Uh what that does is is that Strasbourg is now um fifth with four points um, away from, from Lille, was six, uh, but they're only two points behind Rennes and three points behind Nice and Marseille. So Strasbourg is definitely in the mix for a potential um, qualification for, for Champions League, which is going to make the, the last 10 games very interesting. A surprise for, for the weekend and actually a, a very important result for them was trois winning against Nantes. One zero. It's two teams that are playing good football, and it's two teams that have been in form in the past few weeks. Uh, Trois has have done, you know, a couple of important sign up, signings. I think during the um uh, the winter window, uh, Lebo Mochiba coming from Strasbourg, and uh, of course Ugbu, um co- coming uh, from from Man City, and and Ugbo is the one who's called. Uh, I said I said you know when we talked about um those those transfer with uh, with batches from Le Classique. That Ugbo was a player that I was looking forward to see because Trois have the opportunities, but they just didn't have a good striker to be able to score. Uh, and, and there they are, and there he is, um, you know, scoring more than one goal already. Um and, and really helping his team um winning where it matters. Not, you know, seemed a little bit out of form. Six shots only one on target, and that shot on target came super late. Uh and, and I think maybe they underestimated how good this Trois side actually is, uh which is a bit unlike but but more often they're not, um they were they were just too slow, Nantes. They had they had to do a lot of fouls. Um they didn't have um you know they didn't have they had the majority of the other position, but they didn't have most of the position in the Trois side and, and trois is you know is deadly in transition. So every time Nantes uh kind of like dared opening up uh Trois was just rushing behind them. Uh and yeah, this Trois squad is a, is a team that I enjoy. And you know, this this midfield Romini Kwame. And Florian Tager, I think, is an underrated uh, midfielder, and hopefully for them, they can um, they can stay in Ligue. 1. They have um, they have a pretty complicated um, table to finish, uh, but that result against Nantes definitely is going to give them wings. Uh, and for Nantes, it's a bit of an opportunity uh, missed because now they are letting um, you know they are letting teams like Strasbourg and Rennes going away from them, and they are getting stuck in that um, Lille, Monaco, Lyon, Lens. Wagon, which is uh, which looks like they're going to fall a little bit too short of a european qualification. There was 300 0 0 this weekend uh which which I'm quickly going to go glance on. Uh the worst game of the weekend was definitely Lille against Saint-Étienne the very first game. Um, with Lille um basically not playing the football that they should be playing uh, and Saint-Étienne you know kind of answering but of course uh, for Pascal Duprat, a 0 uh, 0 against the champion is a good result. So they didn't um, force it too much either. Uh, yeah, 0 0 and, and not a lot of opportunities um, either side. The other 0 0 um, was Mess against Lance. Uh, you know, a little bit more has happened in that game, but uh, Lance unable to shoot on target. 11 shots, not one on target. Uh, the best chance maybe for, um, for is gonna go at the very end you know mess if anything probably um, deserve to score one at one point but, uh, but it ended up being another zero zero. and the last zero zero 0 somehow somewhat surprisingly was Montpellier against Nice uh, partly explained by the fact that Nice um, played with only 10 men for almost an hour after Dante got a red card at the um, 35th minute a red card that yeah, maybe it's justified. Maybe he's a bit maybe it's a bit rough. But um but yeah, Montpellier really pushed twenty-four shots, seven on target. Um again, you know, Walter Benitez, we know how good he is. Uh there's some there's some chats this week that um since Benitez is now a French citizen and actually never played for um oh, I am afraid I'm gonna say something stupid, but he's Argentine, I think. I'm going to have to check when I say that. Um there's people saying that now that he's a um a French um player well maybe he should be um called with called by arjeshaw uh, because he's such um, a great um a great player i don't know you know i don't know if uh if he's the the player that you want yes he's from Argentine, so i had to check it from argentina um so anyway um, i don't know if he's the player that you want to have maybe he's a good third goalkeeper behind uh Lloris and and of course mike Mignon, cuz mike Mignon is the next guy um but yeah and there's a bit of a a bit of a lobby behind uh behind Benitez for it. Back to the game. Um yeah Montpellier twenty four shots, seven on target, kinda says what it is. Um Montpellier with the possession as well. Of course Nice once you're down to ten men and you've lost um and you've lost dance, what are you going to do? You're gonna to have to play a little bit more defensively and you're gonna to have to protect yourself and, and not open too much. Uh you know he did uh Galchier still, chill you know get Dolberg and Gessa and uh, and Brahimi run run on the on the football to try and, and Win that game in counter attack, uh, but unfortunately it, it didn't work. And uh, and it's a good point for Montpellier. It's uh, it's kind of two lost points for Nice, but also you know when you play without your um, your best defender and your captain, uh, you're probably happy that you you keep the score the way it was. Uh, the last two games, um, one was for the middle of the table, and uh, <laughs> poor Angers uh, still on the middle of the table, but on on their way to the bottom, losing at home one zero against Reims, the goal scorer Alexi Flips at the 24th minute. Uh, Reims, who who was down to 10 men 10 minutes later at the 34th minute after uh, Anastasios Donis didn't really control his tackle. Um, but Reims, who definitely should have considered a goal. Um, 20 shots for Angers, 7 on target. Um, I think at one point you have, uh, and you kind of tell the story of the game, right? There's one opportunity where Angers in one attack um, hits three times or four times the crossbar. Uh, and that's a little bit symptomatic of this Angers squad. This season, they've been good. They are, they can play football. Uh, they've just been so lucky. Um, you know, you're looking at a team that has 87% pass accuracy. Um, that has 63% position on that game. Um, and 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 yet is just unable, um, to to transform their opportunity in goals. Uh, Mohamed Aitcho was playing. Fouldine and Bufail. We were playing. Um, they tried to get, um, uh, Bahoken in, and and they just couldn't. Uh, they just couldn't be in on, on that night. At the end of the game, Manso gets a red card, so both teams finish with uh, with ten players each, but um but gets very important three points. So because it kind of puts them um away almost definitively from any issues that they would have. I mean they're at 32 points, they were kind of safe, but uh but what it does mostly is is it kind of puts Angers back in that battle. They're only three points away from saint who's was eighteenth on the table right now. Um, so for, for Angers, it's going to be a bit of a battle. The way they play football, though, I'm just not worried about them. But, you know, we, we never know. But the way they play football, as soon as they're going to have a bit of luck, they're going to score those goals. So there, there shouldn't be too much of a, of an issue. Uh, and the last game uh, was a a battle for or against rather a relegation between Clermont and Lorient. And, and Clermont was able to get scores in Marseille, results in Marseille and in Nice. Uh, just isn't able to do much at home. Um, losing 2-0 against Lorient. 10 shots for Clermont, only one on targets. 9 shots for Lorient, 6 on targets and uh, and 2 goals in the last 20 minutes. Uh, Ibrahim Akone scoring at the 72nd minute and, and Leo Petro at the 76th minute. I don't know that it is deserved for Lorient to win that one, but Lorient is one of those teams that had so many games this season where they deserved more than than the result that they got. A lot of you know, draws at the end, etc. That, that this win kind of feels like um, a, a long time coming for Clermont uh, they again they have the opportunity they waste them a little bit you know Lorient is a defense that um, that is not a great defense and that should be uh, easily taken but um Clermont just just missed a little bit of um, a bit of application up front and then defensively they made a few mistakes that they paid cash I mean both goals come from a, from mistake from um, the, the captain and the son of the coach uh, Joan Castian. Uh, and Joko who's been so good all season, just wasn't able to do uh, much on, on this time. So, so Lorient gets the three points in Clermont, and uh, and in doing so, um uh, gets out of the uh, the relegation zone and and is a point above Saint Etienne and comes back a point behind um, Clermont. So very good results for uh, for Les merlu And that's it for match day twenty eight. Uh, yeah, match day that you know maybe wasn't as um, as Fascinating. No, I'll, I'll try and speak English better next time. Uh, maybe not as entertaining as others, but some, some really crazy results in the middle of that. Uh, at the table, uh, on the table, Paris Saint-Germain, of course, is first, 65 points, 15 points away from Marseille and Nice, who are facing each other this weekend. Rennes is fourth with 49 points, and Strasbourg fifth with 47. Um, bottom of the table, Bordeaux 22 points, Metz 23, Saint-Etienne 26. Lorient 27, Clermont and Troyes 28, Angers 29. It is a battle at the at the end, and, uh, and I put on my Twitter the last 10 games for those seven teams. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to start next week because we have Saint-Étienne against Troyes uh, as one of the games, and, uh, and it's going to be a game that uh, is going to be very important, of course, for the bottom. Uh, the other games, Lance against Clermont, Nantes against Lille, Monaco-Paris-Saint-Germain, who, should, who is usually one of the best games, but who knows um, this week. Uh, Lorient against Strasbourg, Rennes against Metz, Angers against Brest, Brest excuse me, um, Bordeaux against Montpellier, Reims against Lyon, and like I said, Marseille-Nice to finish the weekend. Uh, if we look at the players, Kian Mbappé and wissam Yedder still at the top of the uh, goal-scoring ladder with 15 goals each, followed by two Rennes players, Laborde and Martin Terrier, with 14 goals each on the assist ladder, it is still all Paris, Mbappé and Messi with 10 assists each. Thank you everyone for listening to Casteline, the French Football Podcast. Uh Jeremy, your host, as usual. Um thanks for listening. Thanks for uh connecting. and uh, you know, I just um reached the milestone of a thousand followers on Twitter. So thank you everybody who's been following. Um and uh and yeah, we we have 10 games, 10 games to go. In Ligue 1, we're going to start uh, putting the polls out on Twitter about who you think was the best coach and who's the best keeper and da, da, da. And we're going to do our little um, best 11 of the season. I count on you guys to answer to all those tweets. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy the week of football in France. A lot going on. And I'll talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs>